The Arab American Cafe podcast aims to surface a unique perspective. The Arab American perspective. Perspective that should be heard. And it is worth learning about. Join Muhannad and Hassan at this cafe, talking about stuff, debating and discussing relevant issues while sipping coffee. <laughs> I mean, I would say the future is very uncertain for a lot of the reasons that you guys mentioned. Also, another thing is that, yeah, especially with another conservative justice on the Supreme Court, and I do think Amy Coney Barrett is going to be confirmed before the election. That's just my personal prediction. But with that composition, I mean, you can bet that the entire ACA is going to be under substantial attack. And if it's gotten rid of, I mean, we also got to think of what passing a new health care plan would look like. So. The House is all but guaranteed to remain Democratic, at least until 2022. And the Democrats are actually favored to take the Senate this year. They'll regain control probably with a razor thin majority. If that's the case, it's hard imagining that Trump is going to sign anything that's able to make its way through a Democratic Congress. At that point, we would just have nothing replaced with the ACA. And that's the thing. We've gotten used to Republicans saying repeal and replace. Let's not forget that there's a huge contingent within the Republican Party that actually said just repeal and don't replace. Leave the healthcare system completely privatized, which of course would cost hundreds of thousands of lives regularly every few years or so. So something like that will have to be approved by the Congress, right? Not only the Senate, correct? Right, exactly. If the Congress remains a Democrat, there's no way anything will come to, to fruition. So what would be the role of the Supreme Court in this case? What, what is the Supreme Court is trying to do or will be trying to do? Oh, what I'm saying is if the Supreme Court attempts to challenge the constitutionality of Obamacare mm-hmm. and they eventually do so successfully to the point where it's null and void as law, then you have a situation where it's basically impossible to get any new health care plan passed and people will just be left basically thrown to the wolves. So no, no uh, Affordable Care Act. Right. Uh, we go back to private insurance companies competing and and that could just be it they they that's probably why they don't have any plan meaning trump administration does not have any plan that is the plan that would be the plan right just to be clear the republicans wouldn't have any problem with that just to be absolutely clear they would not be clamoring to pass a new plan they wouldn't be trying to bring democrats to the table to find a compromise no they're completely comfortable with a fully privatized system that like i said would cost an untold number of lives it would be a tragedy on a regular basis. What will we, what will we be missing, Mohammed, if we don't have the Affordable Care Act? What would be now off the table? Oh, a lot, a lot. We will go back to everything. Imagine a world pre 2008, 2010. You'd have people that are uninsured. You have people that cannot afford health care. You would. Uh, have uh, people that are denied coverage so it's a setback it's a tremendous setback and and especially for those that are vulnerable so the expansion of of medicaid the uh, um, exchange the affordability the individual mandate all those are going to be gone you will have the youth that are now not obligated to get health insurance so that puts us in a spiral uh, risk where only those that need health in, uh, uh, care would be seeking health coverage that would jack up the premiums and health care will not be affordable. No, but I mean, to be fair, one of the things that took place during this COVID uh, 
pandemic, it was really a turning point in terms of uh, the uh, relaxation of rules around uh, telemedicine. There was there was start with some additional funding. There were allowances for online care that we'd never had before. Uh, reimbursement to Absolutely. hospitals, doctors, money that was spent uh, to, and given basically to healthcare institutions to care for those patients. Things like that are difficult to turn back. You cannot turn back the clock on things like that. And Amak, that's that's the big, uh, the, the million dollar question. Are we going to see those continuing? Sure, I'm, I'm sure they will be continuing. I don't think so. I don't think so. CMS doesn't operate this way. In fact, so did, I don't know if you know that, but do you know that most of the pre-advanced payments that CMS gave to health systems are considered loans that they have to pay back? Yeah, I read somewhere that one of those big uh, multinational, multi-state uh, national healthcare system already paid some of that money back. Yeah, so, so, so when you have a, a federal government that is still operating in a crisis mode and thinking that they will go back to the same, then they might pull back on some of those regulations, whether it's telemedicine or, or others. Hopefully not. Inshallah, Yeah, I think it's very hard to turn the clock back. I mean, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got, you know, a lot of online things, including online healthcare, online learning, online businesses online whatever and uh, the reimbursement the doctors were reimbursed already yeah. uh, it, will be, it will be a consumer driven rather than government driven so now that people are used to do that and finally we have the chance for people to catch up with seeking health care similar to how they shop and, and do their banking and all that even if they revert to the old system, probably a lot of people would not want to and they will continue. So it might be the new normal, as much as I hate using this overused word. This is what people are going to start uh, uh, doing and, and uh, that's the blessing in disguise. But for the, the government and HHS and, and CMS to drive this, I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. There will, there will be some kind of a bipartisan, bipartisan agreement on things like that. Um, at the end of the day, these are elected officials and uh, wouldn't be, wouldn't bode well with their electorate if something like that. If, they, if you go and vote against the provision of certain things that's already provided, I find it hard for anybody to vote for something like that. There will be some kind of a bipartisan agreement, but in principle, I totally agree. You know, I mean, anything and everything Obama did, you know, this guy, President Trump, would like to basically exit out. That's that's his mantra. Which which means that those, I mean, the, the pandemic exposed those that are most vulnerable, and those are the ones that are going to suffer the most. And again, since March till Halla, from uh, opportunity or, or misopportunities, racism, rioting, people that feel oppressed are now starting to burst and all that, the um, lack of access to care is going to be probably the straw that is going to break the camel back. And that would be the last thing that they are going to encounter. Yes, possible. I don't know. I think there are many other things uh, on the table. Uh, 
we, you know, you wanted us to talk about the economy, or you asked about the economy, and and that's an, another big one. I mean, we're still in some kind of an unknown territory. I mean, you know, he he, you know, the stock market rallied during his first two years in in office. And it rallied because we can debate that. Why did it rally? Why did it go up? I mean, you know, one may say, you know, this is the leftover from the Obama era, but it did go up. And uh, and now, you know, we're facing a new reality. The economy that has rallied before is not going to come back just because it did before. Meaning, you know, we have a lot of unemployment figures right now popping up here and there as small businesses have have really been hurt badly so the the economy that needs to come back uh, will need to have different fundamentals it needs to be rebuilt as opposed to uh, recover just recover it's not gonna just recover it needs to be rebuilt and uh, put together in place and now you know uh, you know again we go back to what happened with with during the covid with the uh, with the online uh, online healthcare and online learning and all like that uh, online a lot of other things that part of uh, of the economy that we're gonna uh, try to rebuild will have to depend to a large extent to what can take place also in the form of uh, cyber uh, space in, in the form of you know a new artificial intelligence uh, emerging technology uh, online businesses and here you know one can actually bring the the love affair that republicans have with uh, deregulation they like to deregulate uh, they started their you know trump started the first thing he did when he first came in he rolled back net neutrality trying to open the space for competition online uh, with with all the reservations we have against that because in terms of cybersecurity and uh, profiteering and all that stuff but this would be one thing that would probably help rebuild this new economy uh, the deregulation that the Republican would like to uh, bring into the table when it comes to the to the new economy uh, if there is a plan here I mean you know there might not be a plan to start with there's a ballot initiative that's up for a vote in California concerning gig workers I don't remember exactly what it says though yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have enough information on that. Uh, I mean, what I know is that uh, you know the, the the government is not really insisting on uh, those gig workers to be um, uh, allowed uh, healthcare benefit, retirement benefit, etc. And uh, the idea of uh, uh, raising the minimum wage is not necessarily big on their. Uh, you know, agenda items and may actually, uh, you know, leads to it may lead to uh, the fact that um, gig workers will continue to suffer through the next four years. And uh, th- this class of workers have always been treated badly. So I don't see that future is going to be bright uh, with the next four years. And it's important to note, by the way, that under the current system. Um, minimum wage increase wouldn't even help gig workers because they're not classified as employees. They're not protected by those laws. Even though about 44% of workers, or I guess like people that work, yeah, workers, rely on some form of gig work as their primary source of income. And those people aren't even protected by things like minimum wage laws. And no intention to turn that around and change it. It doesn't seem like anybody's talking about that. 
Yeah, no, it's an issue that basically goes unspoken.